Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. In this episode of the Fitness and Faith Podcast, we'll talk vehicle maintenance, and you'll hear about a very ugly baby, and we'll also visit with Eric Bryant. Eric serves as the South Campus Pastor at Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. I'm speaking only to the older crowd today and the young people and those considering themselves middle-aged. Just those people, only the old, the young, and the middle-aged, that's all. I'm going to relate to you through the topic of vehicles, cars, trucks, because I figure most people listening to me right now have one of those. When I was fresh out of college, I began looking for a vehicle, and I came across a 1963 split rear window blue Corvette. It was awesome, and it ran like a charm. And I must say, I looked very good in it. But the logic side of my brain kicked in, and though I could afford to buy the car, I knew I would not be able to afford the time and upkeep needed to maintain a 21-year-old vehicle. An older vehicle like the 63 Vet will need more maintenance than a new one. If it is not consistently maintained, it will literally fall apart. That's true for our aging bodies as well. The older we get, the more maintenance we must do to ensure our health. As our bodies age, more time, money, and attention need to be focused on our body's maintenance to keep our bodies energized and running smoothly. What about a new car, a young car? The owner of a younger car should ask themselves these questions. How well do I want my car to run? How long do I want it to look good? And how long do I plan on keeping it? The logical brain will remind us that if we want our car to run smoothly and look good for a long time, we need to spend time, effort, and money on it. It would be wise for us to use the right fuel, the best oil, and other lubricants and such. I think I would keep my new car clean, keep the tires at the proper pressure, and I would avoid certain places and roads to help ensure the preservation of my new ride. I'd even park way in the back of parking lots, away from all the other vehicles, just for a little extra protection. Okay, young ones out there, how well would you like your body to perform for you? How long do you want your body to work efficiently? And how long would you like for it to look great? If you want it to run well and look good for a long time, you're going to have to do some preventive maintenance. It will take focused time and effort and funds. You must be particular about what you put in it and how you treat that body of yours. Now, how about those of you whose vehicle has seen a little wear and tear, but it's not quite a classic. It's seen some miles and had quite a bit spilled on the seats. That armrest is pretty worn and there's no telling what is in the back seat and on the floor from the children. There's a lot going on with these middle-aged vehicles. They're still getting preventative maintenance, 
But now we find ourselves needing to replace some parts, new tires, a new battery, and there's that cracked windshield with which to deal. Our middle-aged lives are similar. There's a lot going on. Careers, extended family, kids, and all the activities in which those children participate take their toll. Our bodies, while still in need of preventative maintenance, now need to add the excitement of things like yearly physicals, tests, and such. What, you say? My life's too busy, you say? Again, I will ask you, how long do you plan on keeping that body of yours? And how long would you like for it to look good and perform well? I'll tell you how I handle this with my vehicles. I just trade them in for new ones that have warranties. So, my advice to you as your fitness and faith coach, and this advice is absolutely free of charge, is for you to trade in your middle-aged body for a new one with a warranty. You're welcome. Unfortunately, that logic thing keeps popping up. We all know we can't trade in these bodies of ours for new ones with warranties. I want you to ponder this for a minute. If you were given a brand new car at the age of 30, and you were told that that new car would be your only car for the next 30 years, how would you care for it? That's the only one you're going to get. So you know, okay, i got to make this car last me for 30 years. How well would you care for it? However old you may be, however much time you may have left on this planet to be all that you are called to be, you only get your one body. Please, care for it wisely, not just for you, but also for those you love and love you. take a minute to tell you about a line of products I use daily. Most Americans, and when I say most, I mean over 95% of us, don't get all the nutrients we need from the food we eat. It's just a simple fact. We need to supplement our intake to increase our levels of health and fitness. I have used Advocare products for many years because I trust the company and I've seen the benefits of the products in myself and others. The first of Advocare's 10 guiding principles is this. Honor God through our faith, family, and friends. That's a great start. The company also has an unbelievable scientific and medical board that oversees product development. These aren't TV doctors. They are some of the top researchers in their respective fields. Advocare also has a relationship with Informed Choice, an independent company that tests supplements for their purity, making sure they have in them what they are supposed to have in them. And if you don't know, this is a huge problem in the supplement business. A lot of the products out there don't even have in them what they say they have in them. This relationship with informed choice is also great for competitive athletes because it guarantees them that there are no banned substances in the products. Many elite athletes like New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees and four-time CrossFit champion Rich Froning use and endorse Advocare products. I use Advocare products every day. And I would not suggest you try anything I did not use, love, and have total faith in. Please check out Advocare's full line of products by clicking on the link on our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org.
it's time once again for a little fitness and faith funny. A woman got onto a shuttle with her baby. The shuttle driver said, Oh my, that is the ugliest baby I have ever seen. The woman was furious and went to the back of the shuttle and sat down, fuming. She says to the man next to her, The driver just insulted me and my little guy. The man says, You go right up there and tell him off. Go ahead, and I'll hold your monkey for you. serves as the South Campus Pastor with Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Hey, could you please tell us a little bit about your church and your role with the church? Yes, I am the pastor for Gateway Church in South Austin. We are one of three campuses. Gateway Church in Austin started almost 20 years ago by John Burke. He wrote a book describing who we are. It's called No Perfect People Allowed. And really, our church is a church for people who wouldn't go to church anywhere else, to be real honest. We, we say you can come as you are. And here in Austin, Texas, where only 13% of people attend a local church, uh, they do. They come very much as they are. And our hope is to introduce people uh, to a, a God who loves them and let them no longer stay as they are, as they really discover not only that God loves them, but Jesus is who he says he is and worth following. Yes, Austin is a very unique environment. It is. You started ministry, I, I think, out on the West Coast, didn't you? But how, how you can go back to high school or whatever and give us a little of your background and how you ended up where you are today. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, as part of a family that took me to church every week, uh, sometimes three times a week. My parents are both from Texas, uh, but because my dad was in the military, I was born in California. Uh, but really, kindergarten through college, I was in Texas. And about high school is when really uh, faith became my own, not just something uh, I saw my parents living out, but became real to me. And it was about that same time I really sensed a call to reach people and to serve people, and, and whether it was a missionary or a pastor, I just really knew that that's what God was calling me towards. I went to uh, college at Baylor University and had all sorts of amazing uh, professors and students who were really making a difference uh, for the kingdom of God, and, and it really helped me grow a great deal. I got married right after college. My wife and I went to help plant a church in Seattle. We were part of a church in Los Angeles for almost 13 years called Mosaic. And then we moved to Austin to be part of Gateway uh, seven years ago. And, and really, our time on the West Coast was, was really preparing us for our experience now. Uh, Mosaic is also a church for unchurched people, where people can belong, whether or not they believe. And uh, I think that really has resonated with us, wanting to be a uh, church uh in a community for people who are still spiritually searching. Now, you said you went to Baylor. When were you there? I was there in the early 90s, 90 to 94. Well, I had a cousin who was the bear trainer there in the late 80s, I think. And 
So I got to, oh, I don't know if they call them trainer or handler or, or what they call them, but the bear would be at family outings with us. So that was a unique right. experience, swimming yeah. with the Baylor bear. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. Well, can you describe a little bit of, of your physical journey and how fitness became important to you? Well, I grew up in a very active family. My mom especially played soccer even as she was raising us two boys. And I, I, growing up in Texas, played football and baseball and basketball, and I ran long distance in middle school. So I was very, very active. Um, once I hit uh, college age, uh, it became clear I was not going to uh, be much taller than my dad. My mom is 4'11", and so even though I desired to be an NBA player, I uh, retired really after middle school. And, uh, <laughs> early I, I was, early retirement. That's right. I think I was really more uh, genetically predisposed towards gymnast, uh, being a gymnast or a jockey. <laughs> but, uh, but really just kind of stayed active with extracurricular sports with friends or playing basketball with friends. But I actually got injured. Um, one, when I was 18, I got hit by a car riding my bicycle, so that certainly slowed down uh, kind of running long distance. I had an injury to my knee. And then uh, I was at my brother's wedding when someone parked their car right in the front of the church building, exactly where we wanted to bring his car. We've been decorating. So as the best man, I felt obligated to fix the situation. So I got all the other groomsmen, and we picked up the car, and we moved it. And unfortunately, I herniated a disc in my back, and I just could not stand up straight for about three days. I healed from that, but what began to happen in my 20s and 30s is really um, because of my back injury. Um, and, you know, as you get a little older, you start to put on weight a little easier. I would just experience my back going out uh, more and more often. And so w with an injury like that, it kept me from exercising uh, and, and, you know, being more as active as I used to be. And then at the same time, as I gained weight, uh, it just would happen more and more. And at about the age of 37, my back finally went out for good. I was um, sidelined for about three months, unable to work while awaiting surgery and then recovering from back surgery. And it was a real important wake-up call. I, I think I'm predisposed towards uh, being heavy uh, with grandparents that, that always struggled with weight. And so I began to take more seriously an intentional plan, really, to stay fit. Well, we need to remind people that, that you know, whenever they're picking up cars, they have to use proper form. Don't, don't use your <laughs> yeah. back. Use, use your legs. I Keep your back straight. I wouldn't, recommend, yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing it at all, but, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, especially with your uh, condition with your back, what is your favorite form of exertion? Well, now, uh, as a husband and father of two who are very busy and even, you know, still limited in terms of, you know, I was told never to play basketball in concrete again after my back surgery, I, I've really taken up walking and hiking. My wife and I love to walk our neighborhood, which has many hills, and uh, we walk Ladybird Lake. And it's become a really uh, bonding time for us, uh, and it's also really good for us. You know, we try to keep track of what we're eating, 
Uh, we use a little uh, app called Fitness Pal, and uh, certainly exercise. Uh, you know, the, the the work around the house in the yard is another way to you know uh, burn some calories. So really, for for me, uh, swimming is another one that's it's good on my back, doesn't hurt my my knee. Uh, but swimming and hiking and and mowing the lawn, it's not quite like the marathon runners you might normally interview, but for me, it really is a great way to stay more fit. Well, I actually think most of the people that listen to this are not going to be the extreme athletes. We do interview some, but most of us are going to be the the lawn mowing athletes, and you know, I, <laughs> I know that I have to gear myself up to cut the lawn, so I, I call that a workout and, and get out there for there 45 minutes or so. Uh, have to add in some dodging rocks out here where I live because they will come <laughs> flying. Well, yes. How do you work on your spiritual self? Well, I've tried over the last several years to try and be also quite intentional. I try to spend about 10% of my waking hours uh, really growing spiritually. So that could be listening to podcasts while mowing the lawn or while uh, driving, you know, whether they're sermons from Erwin McManus or Tim Keller or the Bible Project uh, podcast. Um, I certainly try to read through the scriptures and spend time in prayer. In fact, our, our walks together, my wife and I often will take some of that time and, and pray just as we're walking together. And so those are some of the ways that I, I try to be real intentional uh, about uh, spending time with God and, and really growing uh, who I am spiritually, and, and even memorizing scripture. You know, if you're spending some time in a particular passage, uh, meditating on it, you know, biblical meditation is filling your mind with the scripture, saturating your mind. Eastern meditation is, you know, trying to get everything out of your mind, but really just saturating my mind in a passage and then memorizing a phrase or a verse uh, that can uh, be there for me when I need it. Well, speaking of memory, memorizing verses, do you have one or two Bible verses you'd like to share with us? Sure. Uh, Galatians 2.20 is one of my favorites. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And uh, another one that I like, especially in this context, uh, talking about being fit, um, is First Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And really, both of these verses are reminders of how we, as followers of Jesus, um, are no longer about self, but about serving Him. And whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, you know, we are living a life uh, for Him. Well, how about a favorite quote? Do you have one of those for us? Yes. Uh, Rosabeth Moss Cantor is a Harvard business professor, and she once said that everything looks like failure in the middle. And to me, that's a very inspiring reminder, whether you're struggling through uh, a, a tough season in marriage, or you're starting a business, or you're raising children, or you're busy with a ministry that seems to be going poorly. Uh, everything looks like failure in the middle. It could be uh, you shouldn't give up. You should just push through because on the other side is the breakthrough you've been praying toward. We do get caught up in that middle sometimes uh, and and lose sight of where we're going. So that, that's a great quote. 
Well, how about the million-dollar question? If you could only put one thing on a T-shirt or a billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact could see every single day, what would that be? I would put three words, love, serve, influence. I think this, uh, this is an important idea. If the world uh, really lived this out, if people of faith, if we lived this out, we could really make a difference in the lives of other people. Sometimes we try to feel worse or yell at others with whom we disagree, but if we just simply loved each other, served each other, it's in that context that we'd have the opportunity to influence each other. And, and those three words, I think, have something to do with your book. So if you would like to tell our listeners a little bit about your book, that would be awesome. Absolutely, yes. If any of you would like to pick up a copy, we have a discounted rate at ericbryant.org. Just click on the book or ericbryant.org slash the dash book. But the title is Not Like Me, Learning to Love, Serve, and Influence Our Divided World. It's all about how we as people of faith can be known by our love and how we can reach out, uh, serve, and love and influence people that might vote differently, believe differently, look differently. It's really about becoming uh, the people that God has created us to be and really effectively making a difference in the lives of those around us who might be very different from us. And once again, the title was? Not Like Me, Learning to Love, Serve, and Influence Our Divided World. Well, how can people connect with you? You know, I would love to you know, serve any of you that have uh, a need that, uh, that I could meet, whether it's, you know, helping your staff at church or you're uh, trying to figure out how to reach someone. You can just find me at ericbryant.org, or you can also email me at eric, E-R-I-C, at ericbryant.org. Eric, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate it, and I want to encourage you all to... To find Eric and check out his book. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. Keep up your great work. When I'm coaching teams and we come to the end of a practice or game, we gather together for a couple of reminders before we part ways. These are your reminders. Be sure to learn about the benefits of being on the Fitness and Faith team which include our More Through Multiplication charitable giving program by checking out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org where you will also find valuable tools and information like our weekly blog study, exertion video links, and links to healthy recipes. It's all designed to help you find your fit. Use the contact page to send us your Fitness and Faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great interview. Thanks again for listening to the Fitness and Faith Podcast. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith.